Another friggin' episode started by Chris Farron, the king of astrology. And with me is my special guest, Jess. <laughs> what am I good at? Jessica Rabbit, the sexiest cartoon character alive. Oh, that's me. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Jenny's Roger Rabbit. Jenny's Roger Rabbit. What the hell? And who framed you? <gasps> There's been a murder. Episode two of Chris's Murder Podcast. Yeah, welcome to episode two of If You Like True Crime So Much, Why Don't You Die, right? Is on that what the it, uh, I, they, uh, I don't like the on the end of my knife part. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, Jenny's going to get murdered. You're murdering them. I'm murdering everyone for my murder podcast, True Murder. Please rate and review the podcast. Wait, so, wait, wait. This whole, speaking of murdering, um, I'd like to pull something up for both of you in reality and also for this podcast. Uh, did you guys, are you aware of like years ago when Amanda Bynes tweeted that she wanted Drake to murder her, her pussy? Yes, of course. Did you see her follow up to that that happened recently? No. When she, I guess she's like doing better now. Good for her. And she, um, in an interview on TV, like addressed. The tweet? Addressed the tweet. Hey guys, welcome to the Lowdown with Diana Madison. This actually might be from two years ago, but I just saw it for the first time the other day. So <laughs> I'm going to play it. When you told Drake to murder your vagina. I actually wasn't being insincere. I was like saying, murder my vagina. Uh -huh. <laughs> you, were, you were serious. I was serious, yeah. but I was also on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, good for her. So you should cover that on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rate and review us. <laughs> Please rate and review us. And hey, okay, so this is a review from Eric J. Was Already Taken. And he and they say this podcast is a cryptic journey. Jess, a fellow baby, we're probably not allowed to swear in these, right? He wanted to say baby bitch or oh, bitch baby. Is on the search for meaning and introspection. Chris chases down the source of his wife's mysterious male and people to beat up in parking lots. The voice of producer Jenny, trademark, is on the hunt for working air conditioners. Will they reach their goals? Listen to find out. Also, you might learn about astrology. Did you ever get an air conditioner? Uh, we got two of them. Great. Write into us at astroblasting.com or astroblasting at gmail.com if you would like us to answer your questions for some, some sexy little advice from us from someone who is wearing sweatpants and just ate cookies for breakfast. That's right. And somebody who's wearing track pants and... Going down to the bada bang in those. Just ate uh, a toast for breakfast. And has a gold necklace on. That's you sound like you're just like living life that over says there. Born hot on it. Oof. My wife got it for me. Oh. She'd know. She'd know. What does that mean? <laughs> was she there when Chris was born? <laughs> <laughs> oh right, because his wife is his mom. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Astroblasting on both of them. Please. And we still have a Libra playlist up that Jenny and I, producer Jenny and I, curated. Blech. Jenny has a Libra moon, and picks. she got real in touch with the Libraness when she was picking her songs. This is like a true Libra playlist. I what, think. I feel what do you mean a true? <laughs> you're trying to imply in some way that the way I choose songs is not uh, in line with the stars? Uh... Well, unless you're saying that all Virgoans are virgins. They are. Well, then never mind. I take it back. Okay, thank you. Uh, and this week we have an astro An astro probe. <laughs> this week we have an astro probe with Evan Weiss of Into It over it. I know him. Same. Jenny doesn't. I met him with Chris at Bloodfest. That's right. Remember our. Wasn't that so fun? Our our date. 
our date. Our date weekend. Our our little romantic vacation we took. Yeah, rock and roll vacation. It was so nice. We unfortunately got a hotel that had two separate beds. But other than that, <laughs> it was a great, great time. They didn't have any king rooms left. Yeah, they didn't have any king rooms left. Um and we also oh, Jess was supposed to be there. And Jess was supposed to be there. I was supposed to play Bed Bloodfest, but something oh, I was supposed to be on a tour I was on that got cancelled. Cancelled in more ways than one. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it got cancelled twice over. And so they were like, it just wasn't enough they weren't paying me like quite enough for right. me to fly in and fly out with last minute tickets. Yeah. But Jenny was really trying to get me to come. She sent me a picture. Wait, and that's why Jenny played, because that canceled band dropped off of that blood fest. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, And Jenny and I, we went, there was like an area where like bands were supposed to eat. And we Uh went to the wrong area and we ate where the staff is supposed to eat. Oh my god, you guys ate with the staff of what was it? It blood, was a high school. No, wasn't it? it was like the Bloodfest staff. Oh, oh was it and Crowfoot? They had, they had better food than the bands had. Yeah, and we, we ate it. Things. We just waltzed in and ate it, and nobody said nothing to us. Well, they were just like, "Wow, this guy is so hot." That's right. <laughs> I think what really happened was like they were like, "Why well, those? I have no idea who those people are. They must <laughs> yeah. just be like." Well, you know, just a staff member. You walked up with your gold chain and your track pants. They're like, we're not fucking with that guy. That's He's definitely right. in the mob. That's right. <laughs> Great. Saturn. Right. Dodge Saturn. We're, yes, we're talking about Dodge Saturns today. And that's what NASA renamed the planet Saturn recently. Wouldn't that be so cool if these big corporations like Dodge. <laughs> oh, my God. Bought the names of planets. Yeah. Oh. And then they funded the space program. Aha. And that's a good idea. Isn't that what the Razor Company did with Venus? Yes, you're right. That's exactly right. Isn't that what Uranus did? With what? Um, my dick. <laughs> Uranus. Wow, interesting. Hmm. No one. That is something. So when I make a Uranus dick joke, suddenly everyone gets weirded out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Saturn. So let's do our typical planet pre-astrology planet talk where we talk about vague astronomy <laughs> um we're now in officially entering the planets that are farther away from the sun so their orbits are slower which means that they remain in one sign for a longer time it's taking them longer to get through all wait 12 signs. wait say that again they're farther away from the sun from the sun yeah so the farther out you get the wider the orbit is and the longer it takes a planet to go down that their orbit What's closer to the Earth, the Sun or the Moon? The Moon, right? The Moon is in Earth's orbit, and then the Sun is far. Very far. But the Sun is closer than any of the other planets. No, no. 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 Remember, my very educated mother just served us nine pizzas. So it's Sun, Mars, Venus, Earth, and then the Moon is just like circling the Earth. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think did I say Mars, Venus? I meant Sun, Mercury, Venus, or Moon and Earth, Mars, Jupiter. Saturn, and we're at Saturn. Isn't that that makes that really puts in perspective how big the sun is? So yeah, Saturn is is like we're getting into the the area where planetary orbits are so much longer than the planets we've already covered in the podcast that they they stay in signs for way longer. Mm-hmm. The last we did was Jupiter, which stays in a sign for about a year. So now in Saturn, Saturn will stay in any given sign for roughly two and a half years. Okay. So therefore, it takes almost 30 years for Saturn to go through all 12 of the signs. Okay. 
So for this reason, we can't look at just the sign when it comes to Saturn or the other outer planets we're going to get to soon uh, in later episodes, because it would be too broad of a generalization to look at Saturn and Scorpio, for example, and say, hey, you and everyone else born within two and a half years share this exact same trait. It's just like too wide of a sample. Mm -hmm. So we look at the other specific data of Saturn, which includes the houses. Okay. We've talked a little bit about the houses. Do you remember anything? Some of these houses, of course, I remember everything. Let's just like real briefly, we're going to do an episode about the houses later where we're going to really explain it. Uh-huh. Um, but for now, we're just going to like for the purpose of talking about Saturn, real quick run down what the houses are. Okay. So when you're looking at your natal chart, uh-huh. it's a circle, right? Of course, it's a circle. Mm-hmm. And it's got little slices, little slices of pizza. Of pizza yeah. And each slice of pizza is, is a house. It's a house. Saturn is a a house. So Uh it looks like a pizza with 12 slices. It's always 12 slices. There's one slice per house House, slash per sign because each house is associated with a sign. Sign. Yes. I know. Okay. You don't have to tell me. And so here's the thing about the houses. The first house always starts at the nine o'clock position of of any chart. Uh That is house one. And then they go counterclockwise in order one through nine. Ugh. Wouldn't it be so much helpful more if it started at 12? Yeah. Like everything? You would think so. Some of this astrology stuff is a little cuckoo. So start at the 9 o'clock position and look at your chart. And that first slice of pizza, looking at the 9 o'clock position and the area of space below that line, uh, is the first house. And then (laughs) it goes 1 through 12 all the way around counterclockwise. So the 12th house touches the other side of the first house. You got it? Mm -hmm. And those houses' energies correspond with each of the 12 signs for everyone. Um, The first house is always associated with Aries, the first sign in the zodiac. And it goes all the way around to the final sign. The 12th house is always associated with Pisces. Pisces. You follow? Mm -hmm. So you're a Taurus. It's the the second sign of the zodiac. So the second house is Taurus energy. I'm a Gemini, third house. This third house energy. Jenny's a Sagittarius. That's the ninth house. So if you were to just take this pizza and take all the pieces and lie them out in order and then you know take like the 12 signs you could line them up perfectly below those slices of pizza you know what i'm saying here like yeah that association is always true for every chart so the houses represent areas of life not personality traits like the planets can represent but areas of life to which we apply who we are and our personality traits for example the second house is the home the f- like the actual physical house that you live in. The fourth house is the family, the family environment you grew up in. Ninth house is the spirit and law and religion. Eleventh house is social circles and so on. So where your planets are in your chart, i.e. what house they are in, shows us where in your life the energy of those planets takes place. So for today, looking at the house helps us to locate a specific area of life that Saturn affects us. Just the sign is too vague for Saturn since it's going to be in that sign for however many people were born within the two and a half years of that sign. Mm -hmm. So we narrow it down by looking at not only the sign of Saturn, but the house it's in to see where specifically Saturn impacts your life. Yes. You with me? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you? I'm I'm with you. Okay, cool. Saturn affect me. Is that a question? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Saturn affects all of us. Oh, my God. Okay. So we're going to look at Saturn elementally today rather than run through all 12 signs and houses because of what we just learned. Um, It's just too vague to just talk about the signs. So we're going to look at the sign and the house and say, hey, what element is this sign and what element is this house associated with? Okay. And then you'll apply your Saturn to the information I'll give you. 
about each of the elements. For example, Chris, you have Saturn in the 11th house in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a what element? Mm, water? No, Sagittarius is a fire sign. Fire. Sagittarius is a fire sign, and the 11th house is associated with Aquarius, which okay. we know because it's the 11th sign in the zodiac. Uh-huh, so nice. it's the 11th house, uh-huh. which is an air sign. Air. Aquarius. So, yes, exactly. Aqua- Even though you Aquarius. think it would be water because it's aqua. Yep. So that means that bits about fire Saturn and air Saturn will be of importance to you because the house is ruled by air and the sign is ruled by fire for Okay. You. But some of us might have Saturn in a water sign in a water-related house. So, mm-hmm. you know, then you would just look at water. It, it varies. There can be a combination or not. Okay, so what is Saturn? Who is she? Oh, wow. Saturn has a reputation of being a terrible planet. <gasps> because it shows us where we are challenged and where we are most flawed. She's bad. She's a bad mirror. One of these black mirrors I've been hearing about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ancient interpretations told us that Saturn was where all the bad shit was going to happen to us and there was nothing we could do about it. It was karmic. It was like evil energy that we couldn't avoid. But modern astrology and especially psychological astrology, i.e. my brand of astrology that I work with, Mm -hmm. looks at Saturn as our trials we must work through to become our better selves. Everything good takes time. And Saturn is how and where in life we take time and how we are tested in order to grow. Love it. In Saturn, we feel alone and afraid, no matter what sign or house it's in. So ultimately, it is the part of us that desperately wants to be told, you are good enough. Ugh. The sign and house of Saturn tells us how and where we need to hear that in our lives. Okay. There's an incredible book that was massively formative in the world of astrology in the 70s and still today. And it's called The Bible. (laughs) came out in the 70s. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus was a fucking hippie. Jesus Christ himself, Chris Farron. (laughs) And it's called Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil. And it's written by Liz Green, who is an incredible person. If anyone is ever truly inspired to get a little deeper into psychological astrology, you know, like deeper than what we've yet talked about, Liz Green is your North Star. She popularized and pioneered so much of how it works today. Her book was revolutionary because it contributed to the reformation of how we see Saturn as something that can ultimately be positive instead of feeling like it's a doom planet. Your compass rose, if you will. Oh my gosh, yes. From last week, I remembered. Uh, Liz Green was a master of psychology before she was an astrologer, which is something I love about her because it shows us how much we can separate mysticism from astrology. Mm-hmm. She's also the founder of the school where I'm currently enrolled to get my certification, which is something I just what started last week. Yeah. And you didn't tell me? No, you were on tour. I can't believe this news. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm like... I'm taking this course that's going to be a year long that will eventually like you don't have to have certification to give readings, but it like helps to be able to show that I've like, you know, dedicated a certain level to being able to like do it ethically and fully. So, um, yeah, I started the class and it's through this woman's school. So I'm like fucking stoked. Hell yeah. In the introduction to her book on student car, you get discounted movie theater. I get discounts on astrology seminar audio. All right. Not too bad. <laughs> and like live webinars. <laughs> All right. Okay. Webinars. Now that's sexy. So in the introduction to her book on Saturn, she compares Saturn to the beast in Beauty and the Beast. Have Ugh. you seen it? Because Jenny hasn't. Isn't that crazy? The beast, Jenny, I'll real quick, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. A woman is kidnapped by a monster. Hot. He forces her to fall in love with him. Hot. And he tortures her with candles and teapots. <laughs> and and room service and room service <laughs> and then 
uh, <laughs> he becomes hot, and then she's like, okay. And then they have sex, and they have a nice life together. The end. And that he's a monster because he was not born hot. That's right. Well, before I finish saying this thought, um, this concept from Liz Green's book about Beauty and the Beast, I just want to say that everything Chris said is not true. <laughs> okay. It's close, but no cigar. Okay, so in the introduction to her book, when she makes this comparison of Saturn to the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. she says that we are all the Beast, in some way disturbed by ourselves and desperately unsure if we are lovable. The acceptance of self-love is ultimately what turns the beast into the handsome prince. (sighs) Astrologically, the only way we can overcome our Saturn is if we overcome the ugliness we perceive inside ourselves and realize that we're good enough and worthy of love. It doesn't come from another person. Belle didn't turn the beast into a prince. She just saw the beast for who he was and accepted him. And in return, the beast was able to accept and love himself. Okay. And then he got a glow up. A classic glow up. It's giving me all the feels. This glow up is everything. All right, so in the elements, with all Saturns... This globe is giving me life right now. Okay, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) In your track pants. Mm -hmm. With all Saturns, they can manifest themselves in two different ways. Either the extreme end of the sign or house it's in, or at the other side of it, blocked off from what the sign or house means. Mm -hmm. And for all Saturns, the way out and into your greater self is through consciousness, i.e. being aware of your challenges and accepting them, Mm -hmm. and learning through mistakes. With Saturn... Mistakes and pain are inevitable. Such is life. But staying on a conscious path and learning from your pain and mistakes is what turns you into the sexy prince. Oh, yeah. Our Saturn is the path we are stuck on that leads us to make poor decisions and ultimately find ourselves experiencing pain. So we're trying to nudge ourselves back on track and away from these habits so that we can grow. So these are all, you know, patterns, habits, mistakes that we are making of our own will out of fear and loneliness And through Saturn and identifying what causes those fears and loneliness, we can correct our actions and our mistakes and get ourselves on a path that is better, more positive, allows us to be who we are. So Saturn is not the reason we do these things, but it is the... It's like the blueprint for why we make mistakes. It's the blueprint. It's like a map, how we can find our way out of the mistakes that we make. I see. But it gets, you know, a bad rap because it, it is intrinsically involved in all of the negative not all of, but in like the the deeper core, um, you it's like know, the HR struggles. department, isn't it? Human resources. Like, yeah, you go to it and you file your complaints, and and it's like this is what's wrong with your thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Great yep. analogy. People it's are perfect. applauding at home. <laughs> They're in their cars, letting go of the steering wheel mm-hmm. to clap. That's right. Yeah. All right, I'm, yeah. <laughs> our, uh, our syncing up in this remote probe is like proving a little challenging. I think I hear an ambulance in the background of. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an ambulance. <laughs> That's the so this is the Astro Probe sync right now. Yes. We're, yep. I am here with. Well, I'm on Facetime video with Evan Weiss of Chicago-based band Intuit Over It. Hi. Also of uh, Pet Symmetry. Are there? Uh, let's run down the list of ba- list of bands that you play with. Uh, so um, into it over it, Pet Symmetry. Um, there, there, there. Just started playing again. Um, cool. Was in a band called The Progress. Was in a band called Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, B, A, Start. It was in a band called Demira. Um, I've produced records for You Blew It and Signals Midwest and Annabelle and The Jazz June 
Um, I ran a label called Storm Chasers, which released records from the Jazz June, Kitty Hawk, Paper Moons, Pet Symmetry, um, and Dikembe. Um, and yeah, and now I have a full-time Joe job and I hang out in the city of Chicago and am a real human being for the first time in the last like 15 years. <laughs> you say full-time Joe job, but it's also with Reverb, which is sick. And it always seems like, at least peripherally, when I see the things you post about your job on Instagram, like you're having a blast in a world that you are familiar with and love. I have a very, uh, I have a very unique and specific position that... I am able to do because of the skill set that I have, which um, a lot of my work is involved with artist partnerships and brand partnerships. So I get to do a lot of the artist shop stuff that we do. I get to run a lot of the charity things that we get to put together. Um, I work with a lot of brands on like their new releases and their marketing. And I've actually never talked about what I do at Reverb with anyone anywhere before. So this is probably be the first time anybody really knows what I do there. Um, That's but, so great. But yeah, it's been a it's been a really big blast. It's been uh, pretty enjoyable having things like health insurance and. Um, steady pay and, and to not feel pressured yeah. to tour anymore, which was um, really, I think, like ultimately uh, after a while, just pretty like detrimental to like mental health and physical well-being. And um, and so now I get to do music when I want to. And it's a much healthier relationship with being creative and also just for me in general. Yeah, the, there's a lot of physical and mental tolls that are taken when you choose to be a full-time musician. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Like, literally all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell me about your relationship to astrology. Well, so my mom is just, like, we're, I, didn't, I don't come from a super spiritual family, but, uh, you know, like, I wasn't raised, my sister and I were raised agnostic. My mom practiced Lutheran growing up, and my dad was a Catholic, and then they both went to college, and then they both realized um, that religion is full of shit. So we were kind of just raised... You know, my, our parents basically were like, here's the tools. You can believe whatever you want. You know, we're happy to show you or like talk to you about anything. Aiden, my sister and I, we got to just kind of look at religion with this really open, wide scope and appreciate each message for what it is and what we found value from each one of them. But that being said, the one that stuck out the most, I think to me and to Aiden and to my mom, especially was astrology. And um, I think like a gateway for astrology for a lot of people are those books, those like giant bound, like where you can compare your birthday with someone else's birthday. And there's like a love one and like a partnership one and like a jobs one and like really dissects your specific birthday date. I think it's called like the, the astrology book, I think is what it's called. I think it might be called the birthday book. That's like, I think that's, that's what it the, is. The biggest ones. Yeah. So at this point you're involved in astrology and that it's like something comfortable and familiar that you grew up with that gives you perspective on your own life and you check in on it. Yeah. Somewhat yeah. regularly. Yeah. I have like a couple apps and I, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and I follow a couple, like I'm, I'm on astrology Twitter just a little bit and like, you know, yeah. I, I think it, like, but again, it's like, I, I'd be lying if I if I if it wasn't the fact that I would like look at my co-star in the morning and be like, well, I guess this is the kind of fucking day I'm about to have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, you know, it usually totally. always lines up like there's only like earlier this week it was saying I was supposed to have, you know, let's like pressure and sex and love or whatever. And it's like, no, there's not, you know, like it felt totally fine. But yeah. But actually, okay, you know. Okay, so your big three, Libra sun, Pisces moon, Scorpio rising. Which means I'm a disaster. All right. So let's do the sun question. What is your, what do you believe your purpose is? My purpose? Mm -hmm. um, I think my purpose is to uh, connect people. 
that's like the that's always been the thing that I've I felt like I really am good at. I'm really good at organizing and and building collaboration and putting people together that I think would work really well together or projects together that I think would really work well together or arranging specific things that include a bunch of people. And I did it a lot with when I was, you know, writing and touring more often and I'm doing it a lot now with what I what I get to do professionally. I feel like it's just a skill that is really unique. I don't think a lot of people have that skill. Um, thinking about ways that people could work together and, and pairing people or things or projects or ideas that would like meld and, and gel. I think that, I think that's what it is. I think what that's I know of you, I it sounds like pretty on. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm on. Like it would be like, my purpose is to like <laughs> build model, <laughs> model trains. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a fun one. That'd be a very easy. Yeah. A very you'd easy be like, purpose, purpose, purpose complete. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> um, all right, so rising or sorry, moon question. What makes you feel safe? <sighs> um, what makes me feel safe is preparation. When everything goes to plan, and I can feel as prepared as possible for something, that's when I feel secure. It's when there is um, when there's an X factor or like I'm completely a. Uh, a champion of the fact of Murphy's law, like anything that can go wrong, will go wrong. Stuff will break. Shit will happen. Like no matter fucking what. So whatever precautions can be taken at the beginning to ensure that stuff won't stuff, bad stuff won't happen. I will go above and beyond to make sure that that's the case. That's been a big like growth thing for me in the last couple of years. And, uh, just trying to be, um, understanding that, you know, my way is not always the right one. And that, and that if stuff does go wrong, it's not the end of the world. And that I have to accept uh, disaster very graciously. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I relate to all of that a lot. I've, I've gone through the same thing, like, for as long as I can remember, like people viewing me as controlling. Um, and what is interesting about how you're wording all of it in the context you're wording it in, in terms of safety, I'd never thought about that before, that the reason why I'm like that isn't because I need to have control as much as it's because I want to feel safe. And um and that's kind of like, unfortunately, it doesn't always come off that way to people. In fact, right. it more often does not than it than it does. <laughs> like who's gonna like who's gonna be looking out for your safety more than yourself? You know. Yes, the rising question: What TV show, movie character, book character, any fictional character do you most admire and strive to be like? Oh my attached god! To? <laughs> that's a tough one. You know, I think I think the uh, the the answer I would want people to think is, you know, like Andy Dufresne from the Shawshank Redemption, who's dealt this like really shitty hand and he like makes the most out of a really shitty situation. And, um, you know, kind of goes with the flow through this like really life-changing ordeal and then comes out clean on the other side. And it's like sort of dishonest, but also in like looking at it more as like a path of virtue, you know, it's like, He's been dealt a shitty hand, so he's going to break out of jail and, like, take the fucking evil warden and the, you know, like, he's going to take the prison for everything they got in the process and, like, come out victorious, you know, which, like, morally could be argued that that's, you know, what he did is wrong, but it's also, like, morally could also be argued that what he did is right. So that's that's always been a character that's really, really stuck with me. It's been my favorite movie for as long as I've lived. But, like, but I'm also genuinely fascinated by like really evil people 
you know, and I, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's just, and, and I mean, I'm fascinated by all walks of life, but I think like some people could look at somebody like Gigi Allen or Charles Bukowski or, you know, like even Donald Trump, like I fucking hate Donald Trump. I really like having mm-hmm. this conversation with friends where it's like, if Donald Trump got, <laughs> they, they, we're going to get the FBI called on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it was like, if, if someone like Donald Trump. Get him on the pod. Let's, yeah, ask, right? <laughs> let's get an astral probe for the FBI. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, if, if, like, I think of like, I don't want anyone to get hurt. But, like, if he got hurt, I wouldn't be upset about it, you know? And, like, and that's such a yeah. fucking crazy thing to think. But then, also, imagine you were presented with the situation of having a beer with him. I'd be more – I'd be fascinated to, like, yeah. just see what that interaction would be like. Just to experience that. Just to talk. Just to say I did it, right? Like, I hate that yeah. fuck. I hate that guy with all of my guts. But, like – there's something just I'm so curious well, I think when you about- sit down with any person you're, when you're faced with another human being what's that like there's like some stupid like fancy beautiful word for like when you suddenly acknowledge that there's another human being in front of you or whatever yeah. as much as we all hate Trump if you sit down with him he's a human being and we don't agree you know with most of the things that he says and does but like like I don't think that I would be punching him in the face or like screaming Sit. at him I think I would just be like What's your deal? Like, why are you like this? What Did, happened to you as a child? That'd be what I'd ask I wouldn't him. even. I wouldn't even really have questions. I just want to know what he's about. I'd want to know yeah. like shit that like people don't know about him, or like try to dissect him, or just ask him questions and see what his answers are. Like, you know, like yeah. there's there's tons of like fascinating dark characters that like, you know. I mean, he's like he he sucks, but he's not the he's not the reason that he is where he is. He, there's you know hundreds of other people that are responsible for Donald Trump being where he is and being able to do what he's doing. Right. So it's like to to pin him as this like void human being is just not true. It's the same reason why I think people are really interested in like serial killer documentaries because they totally. just are like fascinated by this idea of like what could make this person the way they are. Mm. Anyway, uh, this is, I think, the perfect place. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we did this. I Thank you so much for having me. I, oh, my um, gosh. This was so enlightening. Your perspective I, yeah, has been so fun. I, I don't know if, like, yeah, I feel kind of bad. Like, I was, like, this, like, sad Sally or something on your show. I don't want to be, like, a, a no, bummer or, like, a, a astrology buzzkill. I, you know, I again, this is it's fun for me to think about. And uh, I, I am just the perfect storm of, of wacky signs. Um, <laughs> you're a, you know, and I, I wish I had something to plug. I don't. You know, like, I... I um, finished making an Intuit Over record maybe like a month ago. It's getting mixed right now. Pet Sim starts recording in a couple weeks. That'll hopefully come out next year. They there's been working on a record again. And so like just kind of getting ready to maybe re-enter the world of like maybe not work constantly every single day next year. But if I'm going mm-hmm. to, it's gonna be it's gonna be on my own terms and it's gonna be um in a much healthier, positive way for me personally anyway. So Hell yeah. And where can people follow this journey at? Uh, you know what? The best place, honestly, is Instagram. And it's just at Intuit Over It. That's, that's the best place to follow the journey. I, I'm, the most, cool. I'm the most transparent there. I'm probably posting the most there. And I, frankly, it's my favorite social media. Well, I appreciate you having me, Jess. And I, you know, I tell Chris, I say hi. I miss him and I love him. And I, uh, I hope you guys are doing well and you're happy and healthy in L.A. And, and that um, everyone keeps keeping on, keeping on, you know? Yes, absolutely. And same to you. And I'm sure we'll uh, hear from each other soon. Thanks, Evan. Kick ass. See y'all. All right, so let's talk about Saturn and water. Okay. Saturn and Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. Or the 4th house, 8th house, and 12th house, respectively. Mm -hmm. As Cancer's 4th house, Scorpio is 8th house, Pisces is 12th house. So these are all watery signs and houses. Shows us where you experience emotional blockages. 
So either you're flooded with your emotions and drowning in them, or you're completely out of touch with them. Mm -hmm. You can feel isolated either by your inability to experience your emotions with yourself or others, or isolated by your inability to escape your feelings. So Saturn in, in watery places is just, you know, your struggle is either going to be coming from how you were shaped emotionally as a kid growing up, whether you, let's say, experienced so much emotion and love from your family mm -hmm. that when you go out into the world, it's kind of like something that you expect. Um, or maybe you didn't have enough emotional activity growing up. And now in the world, you're like unable to experience it from other people or share it. So yeah. the thing about Saturn is everything that it does to impact you is subconscious. It's like things that you have to really like, you have to really be trying to work on yourself to see how Saturn impacts your life and how you're acting in, in the world in ways that may not be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. So these aren't going to be like, you know, we talked about uh, water in the elements episode last week. And that can be way more overt when you when your chart is full of water, then that's going to just be something that's like very detectable when we look at your chart in your life. But with Saturn, these things are probably going to be more subtle and less detectable because they're kind of like humming under the surface of who you are. They're like they're like the buried parts of yourself that you have to dig up and come to terms with. Got it. So that's how a, a water Saturn would differ from a water chart as a whole. Mm -hmm. All right. Fire Saturn, which is you, Chris. It is. Mm -hmm. Yours isn't Sag Sagittarius. Okay. Saturn and Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, or the first house, fifth house, or ninth house, respectively, as lined up with those signs, shows us where you experience struggle with the sense of identity and a reason for being and handling philosophies of life and existence. Ugh. So either you're driven by ego and therefore destructively forging a way through life in an attempt to feel connected to it, or you're afraid to find meaning, to find the truths of being human, afraid of participating. Ugh. You're either stifling the fire inside yourself, your creative way of being, or you're burning others with that fire, only leaving room for your own creative way of being. Oh, no. You have either a lack of confidence or okay. a destructive confidence. Hey, that seems right. Both both seem correct. <laughs> At the same time? Yeah. Well, you're an interesting case, Chris, because we've spoken before about your kind of how you feel like you have a lack of confidence in your personal life, mm -hmm. but then you find a way to, to completely flip that into this like caricature that you use in the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Is that too meta? Do you ever talk about your... No, I don't care. Okay. That works. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, that seems a lot like someone who's working with the energies of their Saturn. Yeah. Um, finding a, a place to put confidence and work it into your life. So you would say I am completely doming Saturn. Absolutely. And as we learned in the Elements episode last week, fire signs are about creativity and inspiration. And that's exactly where you're manifesting your fire Saturn. That's you're right. like taking this lack of confidence you feel and putting it in this really creative, formative way into the world. I have my Saturn in this very sexy red room in my, oh my God. loft. Jenny, you know about this. All 50 shades of it. And I have velvet on the walls Ooh. and I have all sorts of different and your special whips uh, and sticks and my special dom blue jeans nice. and my muscles. And I say, Saturn, get in the friggin' sexy room. And I ah. do all sorts <laughs> of different stuff with Saturn in that room. You would not even believe. I couldn't even say it on podcast. Oh, my God. That's And this is all true. Well, Thank you. Next. Saturn by Chris Farron. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, Earth Saturns. All right, so Saturn in Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, or the second house, sixth house, or tenth house, respectively, shows us where you experience struggle with the body, survival, and an ability to find your place in the world. Mm -hmm. So you're either controlled by your need to have structure and simplicity, or you're struggling to find that structure and simplicity in your life. By worrying that you have no place in the world, you may either aggressively force yourself into places in an erratic attempt to belong, or you may experience an intense lethargy to try and participate in the world because you feel it is pointless. Not me. I'm not that, right? No. That's somebody else. Yeah, that's somebody else, not you. It could apply to me. I have I have Saturn in the second house, which is tied okay. to Taurus, which is an earth sign. Yeah, I guess like to use my myself as an example with Saturn in the second house, the second house represents the physical house, whether that's where you live now and how you handle it and how you view having like a home uh, and a physical place to be. Mm -hmm. And also that in the childhood and growing up. And I was like constantly moving my whole life. Like I've, I feel like I've like never really had like when I think of home, like nothing specific ever comes to mind in terms of like a house or a family because it was just constantly changing my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so having Saturn there in my chart that for me can represent having difficulty and challenge and finding a place that feels like home, which is yeah. totally how I always feel. So that's like right. one manifestation of that. I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. On the road. Hey. Like Jack Kerouac. Friggin' road dogs. What can we say? <laughs> All right. Air Saturns. So Saturn in Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, or in the 3rd, 7th, and 11th houses respectively, show us where you experience struggle with the mind, ideas, and communication. Uh, your Saturn is in the 11th house, Chris, so this would also apply to oh, you. Oh, hell yeah. All right, here we go. And my Saturn is in Aquarius, so this also applies to me. So yeah, the Saturn shows us where we're struggling with the mind, ideas, and communication. So... Uh, you're either controlled by an incessant need to communicate and process and your mind runs wild or you struggle to connect with your thoughts and your communication. Mm -hmm. In either sense, you feel like your ideas aren't truly being shared. You can feel isolated and that you feel no one is understanding you or you may feel intellectually inadequate or afraid of socializing. Yes, definitely. All that. I was thinking about what my what my SAT score was. I can't remember what it was, mm -hmm. but I was thinking about it when they were talking about some of this college scandal that's going on. Oh, with all those people yeah. that like snuck their kids into school <laughs> through backdoor deals. And they like read like what her actual SAT score was. And I was like, that sounds familiar to me. I think mine was around there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was? No, but it was not good. Were you smart? You have a big um, SAT? I, I took it pretty seriously because at the time that I took it, I was like, really wanting to get into this like pretty nice college. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, but Harvard. it like, no, it was a manual college in Boston. It's like really expensive, but it's not anywhere near Ivy League. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, but it's like a pretty nice college and I really wanted to go and a lot of my friends were going and I was the um, editor of my school newspaper and I wanted to do that in college nice. and I felt like I needed all these like good scores and shit. And I did okay at the SATs. I think I did well enough. I got into the school, but it wasn't anything crazy. But my like math score was like pretty bullshit. Mine and I, too. I feel like I just remember it because at the time it felt special. But now I'm like, what even? <laughs> <laughs> did you go to that school? No, I. Did you join a rock band? I joined a rock band and moved toward the world, to Minnesota, toward and my mom Paramore. was fucking pissed. Yeah. Did you tell her how many people fit in Wembley Arena though? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, when I when my mom realized that I wasn't just gonna like sit around and play in a garage, then she was like, "Oh, <laughs> you play Wembley Arena." Yeah, Can that's cool. Leave that shit? That's very cool. It was Wembley Stadium. It's smaller than the arena. Ew, disgusting. Oh my that's god, that's not the arena. Hang it up. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess that pretty much covers Saturn. We covered Saturn? Yeah. Um, so as we eventually do an episode on the houses and become more familiar with that, and um, we'll later get into something called the aspects, which is kind of the relationship the planets have to each other based on where they are in the chart, like mm -hmm. degrees and angles and stuff. If planets are 30 degrees apart, then that's known as a trine. And, or if they're conjunct, that means that the two planets are on top of each other in your chart. Um, so we're- 69 <sighs> 69 is one of the things, isn't it? Yeah, that's the symbol of cancer. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that, that again called the aspects later. So as we become more familiar with how to read a natal chart, uh, we'll return to Saturn because then we'll be able to get a little more specific about how to interpret your Saturn when you combine the sign in the house and the aspects. But for now, I think I've given you kind of like enough info to have a better feel for Saturn and what it means in your life and in your chart. I love it. Are you mad at me? Why would I be mad at you? For saying 69ing each other? No. Why? I she love 69. Like, she likes 69ing. We all know. If That's my one number thing one I know search on Pornhub. 69? Yep, 69. Oh, <laughs> I sit down at the computer and I'm like, cracking Crack. my knuckles and then I'm like, six, six nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's lovely. Uh, it's time to give some advice. Let's do it. Okay, first... Is from SP, which, as we all know, is Sarah Parker, middle name Jessica. Uh, she's a Cancer Sun, Virgo Moon, Cancer Rising. Firstly, I fucking love your podcast. It brings me immense joy. Thank you. For what seems like most of my life, I have felt as if I am not good enough. I continuously feel as though I need to prove that I am capable. At the same time, I have this internal voice telling me that I am not. How do I move past this feeling that I am half-assing everything I do? How do I shake the notion that I am inferior? I hope this all makes sense. My inner critic made me rewrite it a lot. I relate. I picked this question because it's perfectly about Saturn. Yeah. Uh, Saturn is all about feeling like you need to prove yourself, feeling not good enough, telling yourself that you're not good enough, and feeling like you're half-assing things in your life, feeling inferior. So... I, this episode should have, you know, helped in answering this question already. Check out the sign and house of your Saturn and figure that out because through that you're going to learn that you are good enough and, and how you can improve yourself to, to prove to yourself that you are good enough. Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, hit him with some like non-astrology advice. Uh, you know, meditating helps. I feel like I say that a lot, but it does. Uh being aware of like the way you talk to yourself in your head is helpful too. Mm -hmm. And just not, uh, you know, there's a great episode of Bojack Horseman called, Hell yeah. what's it called? Stupid, Stupid piece of shit. shit. I would really recommend watching that, that because is, it is really, beautiful. it really makes you like realize like how often you are just kind of like being so mean to yourself in your head. I don't know. Just, just talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend. Chris, that's so beautiful. I know. 
I think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Question number two is from Chris with a K, who is a Pisces. Mm-hmm. Chris writes, I find that when I get into a new relationship with someone, I'm super trusting and generally carefree in the honeymoon phase. But as it gets more serious, I develop issues of trust. I begin to worry about my partner's close friends. I look for threats where there are none, and I have occasionally let that affect my behavior, as if I want to preemptively scorn my partner. I dislike this about myself, and I'm wondering if some astrological context might help me figure some shit out. Well, non-astrology-wise, it sounds like, you know, the the closer and more secure you get with somebody, the, the scarier it gets, and the, the more insecure you feel because of, of how entwined your life is with this person. And I understand that. That definitely, like, makes sense to kind of you know, as you go along with somebody and it it becomes a more devastating prospect of like a relationship ending. And astrology wise, in the last episode, we talked about elements and the the main messaging of water signs, which Pisces is your sun sign and how they're on this journey for unity and oneness. And Pisces is notorious for um, for kind of putting a lot of weight into emotional relationships because they're just very attuned to sensitivity and emotion, and that's something you get a heavy dose of in a relationship. And knowing that you're on that path for unity and wanting to feel a, a part of everyone and everything and feel safe there, I could see why you would feel threatened by this person that you've placed so much of yourself into kind of like going around and sharing parts of themselves with somebody else. We talked in that element episode about water kind of like dripping down your windshield and connecting with other drops of water and stuff. And so it seems like you're feeling like you've touched this other drop of water and then they're kind of like pulling away from you almost when they're talking to other people. And you're feeling a separation there that pulls you farther away from this idea of unity with them. And so it seems like you're a pretty aware person. You can tell that this is something you want to work on and that isn't, you know, the best vibe. That's great. That's like, you know, the first step to figuring anything out in the world. So I think like getting in touch with this idea that you do share something with your partner and that can't be changed and isn't pulling away from you will bring you closer to feeling that unity with them, giving trusting them and letting them go out into the world and do things that are going to make them happy should ideally bring you closer to them too and not you shouldn't feel that separation and as a pisces i have an idea for you you can make a uh, hot sauce sell it and it's called uh, spicy pisces number three (sighs) spices spices and speaking of hot sauce, the born hot sauce comes out in November. Keep an eye out for it. Okay, number three, <laughs> and it's that's true. Wait, okay. is that real? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm really excited. Okay, all right, number three from somebody that uh, named themselves Space C, which I'm assuming is Space Cowboy, which must be Tom Lee Jones. Okay, Scorpio Sun, Virgo Moon, Capricorn Rising. This starts strange to me. Did is this edited down? Nope, it starts strange because it was written strange. All right, Tom Lee Jones got a strange way of writing, but you know what? We love it here at Astro Blast. What do you think? I'm doing well while my wife is gone until January. Exercising, eating well, reading, and hobbies are nonstop. What the demon fuck other than missing her? Why do I feel still feel lost? Any more tips? You know, nothing is a cure for feeling lost. 
I mean, you're doing all the things that are definitely, I, I, I would really assume that if you weren't like exercising and eating well and, and kind of taking care of yourselves, you would be feeling a, a lot worse. Mm -hmm. But it's great that you're doing these things. Why do you still feel lost? Uh, life is treacherous. <laughs> Very true. Life is a true, true horror. That's right. I mean, it seems like the point blank, like cl clearly what's going on here is you're missing your wife and you're feeling some kind of disconnect here. And f so this is going to this period is going to be about listening to yourself and why you're feeling this way and what will make you happy. It's going to be a complete like self journey here while while your wife is away. So to that I would recommend two things astrologically. Mm -hmm. Checking out Jupiter and the Jupiter episode, which is where our life is the most benefic and abundant and and really guides us for uh, for our ideals that we have for this world. And then also looking at Mars, which is known as the great protector for ourselves, our own personal warrior and the motivation that we have. It's our personal motivator for when we get out and do shit. Mm -hmm. That's right. But yeah, I mean, you're doing all the right shit. So I don't know. Maybe you need a new hobby or... Maybe you need to exercise harder. Get a second wife. Get a second wife. Cheat on your wife. <laughs> uh, have an affair. Do more exercise. Um, of course, meditate. I love to do... Buy Born Hot on CD or LP or tape or stream it. Yeah, if you listen to Born Hot, then what else do you need? If you haven't listened to Born Hot, I got news for you. Nothing's going to get better. You're going to be stupid and ugly until you listen to Born That's right. Hot. That's just how it works. Speaking of Born Hot, wow. It's it's release week. It came out, and wow, what a wild ride. Hey, and if you want to be a part of the Chris Farron experience, ooh, just go buy Born Hot. It's a great week. It's the it's honestly the best week of all time to to buy Born Hot. Get on the sweet billboard charts and I can just look at it and go, wow, I really did it. I really did it. And it's all thanks to my beautiful podcast listeners. And if yeah. you don't do that, I will quit the podcast. Also, producer Jenny has a song coming out in a few days. <gasps> the 18th, October What's it called? 18th. It's called Gravitron. Ooh. And I love it. Sneak peek. You hear, heard it here first, folks. It's cool. Speaking of sneak peeks, I'm H for the D. Hey, to the stars and back, baby. Hey.